My next guest, Ralph Nader. The Democratic Party can't defend the country against the worst Republican Party in history. And this is a party, Republican Party, on the record, voting against children, voting against women, voting against clean air, voting against clean water. If you can't landslide that kind of party all the way down to the city council, from Congress to city council, you better look in the mirror, and the Democratic Party better look in the mirror. We're about a month away from the election, and, and they talk about a, a, a blue wave you got to have wind to get a blue wave. The wind comes from the people believing that you stand for something. They haven't answered the question, what does the Democratic Party stand for? Uh, but they're not really uh, pushing for a, a great get out the vote. There are 125 million people who are eligible to vote will not vote in November. That's a lot of votes. Don't boo. Vote. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian! Yeah, <laughs> Brian! Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't die or throw your equipment out the GD window when it's not working properly at the last minute. Oh, hello, everybody. Hey there. How are you? I am, um, well, if I said I was fine, I'd be lying, but I think I'm going to get over it really quickly. Welcome into the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. This is the Weekly Dose for October 17th, 2018. Now, admittedly, I do not use the highest and most uh, contemporarily new and polished software or hardware, for that matter, for this show. I am still am, and I have a feeling I always will be a PC guy. I mean, personal computer, not politically correct. And so it was a few weeks ago maybe upwards of a month ago, that I decided that I was going to go get a new computer because I was so damn tired of my old one sticking. And what I mean by stick is, as this is loading in, just think about like waveforms when you see audio and the waves go up and down as the, as the voice gets louder or the voice gets softer and those, those waveforms go up and down. So just think about that, how that would be like at a radio station or any kind of meter you're looking at decibel levels. And as it's rolling, I mean, I'm sitting here staring at the screen and I see the uh, the levels and I can keep an eye on it to make sure I'm not too, too loud. I'm way too loud now or not loud enough and nobody can barely hear me. That kind of thing. And as I'm watching it and it kind of stutters and it stops and then it catches back up. It kind of like it's almost like a buffering thing, right? Like the circle that goes around while you're waiting for something to load. Now, while it gets most of the audio as it buffers and loads, it doesn't get all of it every time and considering this is all brand new hardware and a uh, software program that has been working just fine for the last 18 years the uh, audio editing software i use it's damn damn infuriating when you spend a day and a half putting together a show and you start seeing the damn thing stuttering so far it's flowing all right i think everything's gonna be okay and there you go <laughs> all right that was not the way 
the show was supposed to start out. I appreciate you guys and gals finding the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga. It's the midweek download destination for thousands here in the scenic city. So today I've got a couple of different things to get to. On the front end here, I'm going to uh, touch on just a couple of different things, and then I'm going to get to this just bizarro world that was Kanye West at the White House. I'm not going to try to make a greater point. I'm not going to try to break down the um, the lunacy that was uh, about a 20-minute stretch of really not conversation, more just kind of diatribe by Uh, the crazy person that is Kanye West. I'm not mad about it. I'm not happy about it. I just thought it was uh, a little weird, (laughs) a little weird, and uh, have a little fun with that. In the second segment of the show, I'm going to try to convince Bernie Bros and the um, the I hate the establishment shillery types that they've got to vote for Phil Bredesen. You've got to vote for Phil Bredesen if you're voting, voting for the Senate in the state of Tennessee. Amongst that, it'll also be an overall tone of, I think the Democratic Party's lost their their way a little bit. I think the Republican Party has lost their way more than a little bit. The difference is, right now, the twisted nature that is the GOP has been kind of holding, well, I don't want to say holding firm, but at least it's been it's been what we our reality is for the last, you know, going on two years now. And if we want to change that, we being anybody who's a left-leaning type, you got to get away from your ideological uh, perfect matches. You got to get away from your Bernie bros. You got to get away from your ideological uh, fantasy, and you got to start looking at the way things truly are. And I'll get to that in the second segment of the show. And in the final segment of the show, I went to the Titans uh, over the weekend. I was in Nashville for the weekend, a dreary, nasty, rainy weekend. Still fun. Still enjoyed it. Always love going uh, to the Mid-South. But... Uh, there was an interesting situation that happened with some fan unruliness, and the way that went down was just, to me, amusing, and I kept my eye on it. As a matter of fact, it was probably more fun, well, rephrase, completely more fun than the crappy football game I was watching, and in relation to that, I'll tell you about a story of me and some friends of mine that uh, I think it was, I'm almost positive it was my birthday week or weekend. If not, it might have been in the middle of summer. That's not the important part. The important part is we went to a Braves game. There was a whole bunch of us, and we were the unruly ones. And the way that turned out, you might not guess the way that that, uh, that, that concluded. And I'll tell you about that story in the third segment of the show. But on the front end, the open of today's podcast, that was Ralph Nader after Ross Perot became the one to first kind of really mess up the election uh, election process, at least from a mainstream standpoint. And before Bernie uh, kind of came in and shook things up, and certainly Donald Trump, there was Ralph Nader. And many people can argue that uh, the reason Al Gore didn't win the 2000 presidential campaign was because of the Green Party at the time, Ralph Nader. And that kind of goes along with what I'm going to be talking about in the second segment of the show, that the Democrats are not they're not, there's not a lot of unification right now. Nobody really knows what those burning topics are. Nobody really knows what's going to excite the base. Nobody really knows who the base is. And um, I think that's going to feed very, very well into the MAGA types as we get into the midterms. And then we'll have another wild two years and see what happens leading up to the 2020 election. So more on that here shortly. 
One thing before I get into the um, I what I just would consider circus of the Kanye West visit to the White House. So I was at the uh, at the game in the rain at Nissan Stadium in Nashville for the Titans and the Ravens. And two weeks ago, Titans fans were pretty excited. The team was playing pretty well, or at least they were winning some games anyway. Maybe not playing well, but winning games. And the prices at arenas, venues, concerts, ball games, whatever it is, are just outrageous. And I've talked about this before. When when do I not have another dollar? Well, it only costs one more dollar. Well, dude, I don't have one more dollar. Like, how, how many times can you keep doing this to us, the consumers, before we stop doing it? So far, the answer is they can keep doing it because most of the time, people are not stopping. I mean, I was at the, uh, the amphitheater, Ascend Amphitheater for Weezer earlier this year, and uh, 24-ounce beers were $13.25. Are you kidding? I'll fight you. I will fight you over this. $13.25? Who the F do you think you are? And so I've stopped doing it. Now I just pay $20 for a double uh, vodka or a gin, and I find somebody who looks like, you know, work up a relationship who might have a heavy hand and tip extra. I'd rather pay that than 13 bucks for what is basically a non-alcoholic beer. Speaking of a Miller Lite beer, I think Miller Lite's delicious. There's not a lot of alcohol in it. If I'm looking for a buzz, that's not the direction I go. So anyway, so I go to the game. I usually always get a couple of beers, you know, I, I I I budget in I allot you know 100 120 bucks easily, if not maybe a little bit more for some of these games, and that's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm not mad about it when I do it. I'm not mad about it before, and I'm not mad about it afterwards. But this week I got a little excited because they had Bombay Sapphire at the uh, the Jack Daniel's Airstream pouring uh, little station that's over in the uh, the the end zone, the open air end zone portion of the stadium. And I'm usually having to drink vodka tonics, which vodka tonics are good, except for they make me just wish that it was a gin and tonic. And this time I was able to actually get not just a gin and tonic, but one that I really like because Bombay Sapphire is incredible stuff. So I got excited. I thought, all right, cool. I'll get one of these. Of course, I'm going to get a double. Singles don't do anything for me. And it's delicious, and I'm happy to have it. And it costs $24. $24. A little bit later on into the second quarter, I went and got another one. The game was boring me to death. I was watching the kids almost get into a fight, which will be the third segment of the show, and I went ahead and got another $24 gin and tonic. And then into the third quarter, as the game continued to suck, I went and got another $24 double gin and tonic. And I'm still not mad about it. But when I got home, because normally I don't do three of the vodkas because I'm bored of them by that point, but I really do love the Bombay, so I kept going back, and again, the game sucked. So I started to look into this, and I started as far as the price differential, and I decided to use the cheapest consumer price I could find for a bottle of Bombay Sapphire Gin, the 750 milliliter. That's the small one. I can knock one of those out in a night. $25. Well, I looked at what is what is 750 milliliters. Well, that's roughly 25 ounces. So basically, a bottle of Bombay Sapphire at its cheapest consumer price is a dollar an ounce. All right, so I'm just going on the prices that I know because I the wheeling and dealing of liquor sales amongst their retailers in the state of Tennessee I don't know a lot about. I know plenty about the beer angle and industry, but not a lot about the liquor industry. And you might think that they're similar. Not at all. They do things very, very different. The laws are very, very different. So then I started to look at the tonic they were using, 
It's generic Shasta tonic. That's fine. All tonic is is uh, from the cheaper end is close to the same, so that doesn't bother me at all. And then I get to think about how much the cup they put it in is. So the way I break it down is for a double gin and tonic at the Titans game, I'm thinking that that's going to be about $2.50 worth of consumer prices on Bombay. Consumer prices. The tonic is about three ounces. I'm, I'm estimating that at 40 cents. And the little cup that they put it in, little tiny-ass cups, the same size as the one I got here in my hand drinking while I record this, I'm going to put at 50 cents. My guess is they buy these in the you know tens of thousands, and they're probably less than 50 cents, but we'll go with 50 cents. That means that that drink costs $3.50 for that stadium to pour. If we use consumer prices that I go and get at the cheapest deals I can get from a retailer, which we all know isn't the way that it goes at these stadiums. So let's take that number, and I rounded that up to $4. It costs the stadium 4 bucks to pour me a drink if they use my prices. They charge me $24. Well, the easy math says that's six times markup. 100% markup six times. Let's get more realistic about it. It really only costs the stadium two bucks to pour that little pissant gin and tonic that I could knock down in, in three sips if I really wanted to. So that is 12 times, 100% markup 12 times. Now, I ain't a math guy, right? I don't know how to do all these percentages. You know, I am just a caveman lawyer over here. This stuff frightens me. I don't know how to do fractions. But to me, that says 12 times markup is what? 1,200% Markup on one drink, I'm not mad. I'm just saying, how long? How long can this keep going? How long can these teams be bad? How long can the product on the field or the product on the stage outweigh the absolutely disgustingly, ridiculously theft, basic borderline theft that is the concession business in the major arenas and stadiums across the country? I don't know. I'm just asking out loud. It was a nice time, but $75 later, I had three drinks. So let's move on to Kanye, shall we? So this guy shows up for what reason? I don't know. For what reason? I don't care. But before we get too far into this, let's just make sure we remember the greatest joke in the world, the funniest joke ever told from the show South Park, which re- the last week's episode, by the time you're hearing this, the new one will be uh, will have already aired. It's the week before that, the week of uh, whatever the hell's before the 17th. The 10th is one of the best South Parks that I've seen in years. But let's not forget the greatest joke ever told via South Park just a couple of years ago. Oh, there's Clyde. Do it to Clyde. Yeah, yeah, let's do it to Clyde. Okay, okay, sh- sh- okay, sh- sh- check it out. Uh, hey there, Clyde. Hey. What's going on? Eric and Jenny came up with the funniest joke ever. Say, Clyde, do you like fish sticks? Yes. You like to put fish sticks in your mouth? Yes. What are you, Clyde? A gay fish? You said you like fish sticks in your mouth. That makes you a gay fish. (laughs) (laughs) Token, token, got a question for you. Token, do you like fish sticks? Fish sticks? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) You, You like putting fish sticks in your mouth? Yes. What are you, a gay, gay fish? fish? <laughs> hey, look, there's Kevin Stoley. Hey, Kevin, do you like fish sticks? 
All right, so that's from a couple years ago on South Park. I just want to refresh your memory. If you haven't heard or haven't seen the Fish Dicks, Fish Sticks uh, gay joke episode, it's the funniest joke ever written, according to the episode. Just keep that in your mind, and we'll be back to that here in a minute. So Kanye West, for whatever reason, after there's a massive hurricane in the, uh, the, in the Gulf, uh, and just destroys the the panhandle, and it comes out of nowhere and just, I mean, you know, we have hurricanes. It happen every year. I get it, whatever. And so Trump's running around doing, you know, propaganda-style rallies like he's oddly just always does just and brings out all the rabble-rousers speaking of South Park. And for some reason, Kanye West goes to the, uh, to the White House. And I've got three clips from that, and I just put them together real quickly. I didn't even, it's 20 total minutes of just basically a diatribe. He goes on about some jobs, $53,000 a year, and some company that might relocate to Minnesota or Illinois or something like that. We could bring Foxconn to set up a factory in, I think, Minnesota, 53000 Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. They have 4,000 jobs, people making $53,000 a year. And one of the things we got to set is Ford to have the highest design, the dopest cars, the most amazing. I don't really say dope. I don't say negative words and try to flip them. We just say positive, lovely, divine, universal words. So the flyest, freshest, most amazing car. All right, let me let me make sure I get this right. Let's see. So dope. We don't use dope. That's a bad word, a negative word. Uh, he's going to use, I wrote it down here, just positive, lovely, divine, universal words like the flyest and the freshest. I'm just trying to make sure that I am following along. So this next clip, he goes on about saying he was trying, wanting to abolish the 13th Amendment while wearing the MAGA hat. I guess that's what happened. I don't know. I didn't hear about that. I didn't read about it. I don't really care about it. But apparently that's what he did. And uh, let's just let's just go from there. Kanye talking about the 13th Amendment and some other really uh, odd things. There's a lot of things affecting our mental health that makes us do crazy things that puts us back into that trap door called the 13th Amendment. I did say abolish with the hat on because why would you keep something around that's a trap door? If you build in the floor, the Constitution is the base of our of our industry, right? Of of our of our country, of our company. Would you build a trap door that if you mess up and you accidentally something happens, you fall and you end up next to the Unabomber? You end up, you got to remove all that trapdoor out of the relationship. The four gentlemen that wrote the 13th Amendment, um, and I think the way the universe works, it's perfect. We don't have 13 floors, do we? You know, so the four, uh, the four gentlemen that wrote the 13th Amendment didn't look like the people they were amending. Also, at that point, it was illegal for blacks to read or African-Americans to read. Um, and so that meant if you actually read the amendment, you get locked up and turned to a slave. So there's a superstition that hotels don't have a 13th floor because of, I don't know, that it's haunted or something. I, I can't remember. I only best know it from a uh, Mitch Hedberg joke that says, hey, y'all on the 14th floor, y'all know what floor you're really on, right? Um, somehow there's a correlation between that and the 13th Amendment, a trapdoor and then falling through the trapdoor and being next to the Unabomber. This guy was representing, I don't know, was it black people or something? Why was he at the White House? What is this? 
the chaos of the world we live in is just getting more chaotically odd every single day. Well, it wouldn't be a conversation, or in this case, it wasn't really a conversation. You could really kind of see it in Trump's face. He He's looking at this man like he's crazy because there's really no other way to look at this man, and we wouldn't be listening to Kanye West if we didn't hear about how much of a genius that he is. Uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I was connected with a neuropsychologist that works with the athletes in the NBA and the NFL. And he, he looked at my brain, it's equal on three parts. I'm gonna go ahead, drop some bombs for you. 98 percentile IQ test. I had a 75 percentile of all human beings, but it was counting eight numbers backwards after it was repeating. So I'm gonna work on that one. The other one's 98% Tesla Freud, you know? So um, he said that I actually wasn't bipolar. I had sleep deprivation, which could cause dementia 10 to 20 years from now where I wouldn't even remember my son's name. So all this power that I got, and I'm taking my son to the Sox game and all that, I wouldn't be able to remember his name from a misdiagnosis. And what we need is we can empower the pharmaceuticals and, and make more money. That's one thing. I've never stepped into a situation where I didn't make people more money. So we can empower pharmaceuticals. All right, so two things really quick. First of all, incredible geniuses saying you know all the time. You know, well, you know, you know what I mean? No, no, dumb people say you know because they're trying to fill while their brain cycles through what uh, nonsense to say next. Uh, it's a crutch for most. Geniuses usually don't have to deal with that. Secondly... Um, so on the front end of that, on the on, on the front side of that, I should say, he says that he was misdiagnosed as bipolar and that that was going to be very detrimental to him in the raising of his son. And then on the back end, he says, I wrote it down here, uh, empower the pharmaceutical companies. You mean the pharmaceutical companies that are trying to uh, dictate and destroy human beings' lives and manipulate, I should say, probably more than dictate, due to their overprescription and their greedy uh, overall industry that is making and keeping people sick while be uh, raking in billions of dollars a year. You want to empower that industry right after you just got done saying you were misdiagnosed. <sighs> Kanye West at the White House. So the final clip I have here is probably the uh, the one that really puts it together the most. It's Kanye West's genius mind trying to figure out the fish sticks joke. This is audio straight from the White House. Just doesn't make any sense, yo. Why is everyone calling me a gay fish? Kanye, look, we all think it would be better if you would just drop it. You know, I mean, if you don't get it, you don't get it. What do you mean I don't get it, house? I'm a genius. I will understand it. I just need to break it down is all. Now, let's see. Something about fish sticks interacting with me makes me gay fish. All right, now what do we know about fish sticks? They're breaded, they're fried, they're frozen. Then under me, we have rapper, genius, and gay fish are homosexual. They swim. Is it because breaded has something to do with genius, which swims? No, because you said you like fish sticks, Kanye. Don't, don't you get it? You see, fish dicks is a, is a play on words. I don't need anyone telling me play on words. I'm a motherfucking lyrical wordsmith, motherfucking genius. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. 
And that's all the time I got for Kanye freaking West, the guy who on national TV in 2005 came out and said directly right into the camera that George W. Bush doesn't like black people. There's your guy, uh, I guess, Trump types and MAGA wannabes and, uh, and all those types out there. There's the guy. I guess he's there to, uh, I, hell, I don't know. I can't even figure out what to think of what it is. On the way out here, this is He is a Gay Fish, and this is the song from South Park. I'm going to get out, and I'll get right back with how we're going to figure out to get the Bernie bros to realize that Bill Bredesen is who you have to vote for if you want the change that you say you want going forward into the midterms. I don't know. It might be too little too late. It might not actually end up doing anything because, as Ralph Nader said, there might not be a blue wave because without the wind, that is the people that are excited about the message that you have, that it's clear that the Democrats don't really have right now, there's not going to be any blue wave. But there's certainly not going to be one if the Bernie bros sit this one out again. We'll get to that coming up next. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Stone on Air will be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. Warren releases this DNA test as a response to Donald Trump with evidence that she has some Native Americans' uh, heritage in her family tree. It goes six to ten generations. And then she, she tried to sort of make this big Monday news splash. It was very coordinated. And then she took to the president's medium, as you know, Gene, and said, by the way, Trump, remember saying on July 5th, You'd give a million dollars to a charity of my choice if my DNA showed Native American ancestry. I remember. Here's the verdict. Send the check to the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. I wish I was a this is Neil Young. The song is called Pocahontas. Welcome back to the show. It's another one of those cases of, if it's the only way you can hear it is to turn off the podcast now, it's not that good. Don't turn off the podcast now, but listen to it a little bit later on today. Talk about Hollywood and the good things there for hire. Pocahontas and me. So I came home Monday after a long weekend in Nashville and got home early, luckily, from um, from the day job. Took uh, Monday off from the radio and sat down in front of the, t- the tube, and it was just literally one of those turn it on, lay down, don't care what's on. Well, oftentimes I end the night uh, just seeing what the last few words are of Brian Williams and into uh, whatever the overnight programming is on MSNBC. Yes, I will admit it out loud. I watch MSNBC. I understand what I'm watching. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. I watch it occasionally, a handful of times a week. It's not like it's on uh, on repeat. I understand what I'm watching. I understand that the talking head shows are biased. That's fine. So am I. I'm a biased guy, too. Sometimes it's it's good to hang out in your circles and waters, and sometimes it's good to get outside of those waters more than sometimes, many of the times it is. 
So I just want to preface there and let you know that I understand what it is that I'm watching. But I had never watched Ari uh, Melber, his show, The Beat. Now, I've watched him fill in for people, and then it annoyed me because it wasn't my guy or gal I was looking forward to. That's just the nature of fill-in work. Well, I watched his show just, again, because it was click and it's on, and I loved what I was hearing from people of my like-mindedness. And so I immediately ran, ran and grabbed the audio from online um, just a little while after that on Monday afternoon, or evening, I should say. So it's his show, The Beat, and his panel is New York Times, Mara Gray, Wall Street Journal's Shelby Holiday, and The Washington Post, uh, and he's a regular on, uh, on all the shows on MSNBC, Gene Robinson. And they're, uh, they're reacting to, to, uh, to what Elizabeth Warren, once I was a fan of, I'm beginning to be less of, put out on Monday thinking she was going to make some kind of splash with this ridiculous DNA testing thing. And the po- I don't even remember what the Pocahontas joke was. Like, I, I don't remember. Is it, uh, is it racist? Hell, I don't know, but it was dumb. It was a dumb joke. I mean, most every little snap, jab, you know, little quip that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth is pretty stupid to begin with. Is it racist? I don't know. I don't care. But this follow-up here at this time, three weeks out from what all of us are pretty in a, in an agreement that the, a very, very important election, what, no matter who you're voting for and what side you're pulling for, it's important, period. And this is the mess we want to go with. And this is the... Um, this is the, the the exchange between his him and his panel. And after we get done with these, I'll talk about Bernie Bros. You gotta vote for Phil Bredesen. We'll get to that here in just a couple minutes. First of all, this is Ari Melber addressing his panel on Monday on the beat on MSNBC. Right, and and Gene, as you know, if there is going to be a congressional uh, midterm message uh, that's going to unite the whole country onto what's going to propel Democrats. Uh, it's going to be personal DNA testing. <laughs> Obviously, that's, Apparently. that's what uh, you want to go into. Um, uh, for yeah. folks who, who aren't familiar with my dry point, the Boston Globe reporting Warren releases this uh, DNA test as a response to Donald Trump with evidence that she has some Native Americans uh, heritage in her family tree. It goes six to ten generations. And the point here is, is that that's ridiculous. This is dumb. This doesn't make sense. Don't focus on things that don't make any sense. This is what's making the Democrats look weak. This is what's making the Democrats look petty. They're trying to fight fire with fire, except they don't have fire. They have a glow stick while Trump has a blowtorch. Don't try to go to his medium and play in his yard if you don't have something comparable to take to that fight. And that's the biggest problem we're running into right now as we get closer to the midterms. Nobody understands what anybody wants out of the Democratic Party. And hell, half the GOP doesn't understand what they want either. It's just that MAGA thing is awfully strong right now. So Jean Robinson talks about her timing for the release of this DNA test. Not sure that this is the time or the focus for the Democrats. What do you make of this? Oh, I think this is not the time or the focus for the Democrats. I mean, I understand why she's doing it why she's doing it now. It's about 2020. It's not about 2018. I think the Democratic Party needs to be all about 2018. And I have said and written to broken record extent that, look, don't even think about uh, the, that presidential race. That'll take care of itself. Um, uh, the Democratic Party has to get past uh, 2018 and, and needs to have some power because it's a... The party is powerless right now. The party is absolutely powerless. 
And doing weird, stupid things like this isn't going to help your chances for power to increase at uh, any any point here in the next three and a half weeks anyway, which is the most important thing until two years and three and a half weeks from right now. Gene Robinson continues on what the Dems need right now. You, you can't play this game uh, where the Democrats are now. Right. They need to. They need to win. With it. They need to win a House of Congress. They need to win a bunch of governors' races and some state legislatures um, to set themselves up for redistricting in 2020. They they really need to focus on next month. And that's a big deal in the last couple of years. Is that the gerrymandering, as they call it, the redistricting of the last decade has been destroying the way people are voting in rural areas and you can make your argument however you want that it's good it's bad it's unfair that's not what i'm here to do today um but it, it's all these things are important it's not all about the just the very next day there's also the big picture and getting the party together to figure out what the hell is it what does the democrat party stand for mara gray from the new york times chimes in on the panel but I want to read you uh, Jim Messina, who's a supporter of Elizabeth Warren as a Democrat, a former Obama campaign manager, says, look, argue substance all you want. But 22 days before a crucial election where we must win the House and Senate to save America, why does Senator Warren have to do her announcement now? Why can't Dems ever stay focused? OK, absolutely right. Um, but that's not what Democrats should be focused on right now. There's two issues they should be focused on in those key districts, only two, health care and the GOP tax bill. Those are the issues you hear again and again from these uh, swing state Democrats that have been uh, extremely influential with uh, independent voters. Uh, Democrats in those suburban districts, as you said, Shelby, are extremely upset with the Republican agenda and what Trump has done on health care and on taxes. Those are the winning issues in those districts. You know what? We have two more years to talk about what's helpful for the Democratic base. There's certainly issues beyond those. But so you think those, she misfired on this? I think that she not only misfired, but I think that you know it's easy for Elizabeth Warren to go out and talk about that because she doesn't have to go win in a swing district. That's Mara Gay from the New York Times. And Shelby Holiday from the Wall Street Journal jumps in and says, it's not just the two things you said. There's one more that the Democrats need to be focusing on right now as well. Eugene's right. It's a distraction. Democrats cannot stay on message to save their lives. They're all over the place. And Mara, I would add health care is big. Tax cuts big. Immigration is Absolutely. also very big. Right. You Absolutely. get the feeling that Native she didn't, American ancestry has nothing to do not with on any the list. Not not on not on the top ten list. You get the feeling she didn't road test this with everyone. No, I wouldn't think she road tested it with anybody. That being Elizabeth Warren in this nonsense about a DNA test. My goodness, what is going on here? And I don't feel that we're about to have any kind of big flip of Congress or the Senate. I think things are going to stay business as usual. I don't understand. Why the majority of people in this country that would vote Democrat won't go do it. They just don't vote at all. I, uh, I, I, I guess it's disenfranchised. I guess it's uh, apathy. I don't know. But what I am here to tell you is I have a lot of friends that would be put in that millennial category. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care what generation you think you're a part of. This isn't, I mean, almost using the word millennial turns into some kind of negative connotation. That's not what this is. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your ideological, political beliefs are, long-term, overall, idealistic. I'm not concerned about any of that. Here's what I'm saying. If you want to change the way things are from the top, what, what a lot of us believe, not everybody who listens to this show agrees with me. That's where I, I feel like I 
I'll give myself a little credit, but I also feel like I'm uh, lucky that people like this show for other reasons because I don't do a lot of politics. There are a lot of people who listen to the show that do not agree with with my overall ideological thoughts. So I, I'm not mad on either end. I'm just saying if, if you, the, the blue wave wannabe types, the and I don't mean that negatively, the um, the Bernie bro types, the never Hillary types, the Shillery types, if you want things to change quickly, you need to vote for Phil Bredesen for the Senate. That's going to be a big, big swing right there. That's going to be a huge deal for the overall Senate seat count. Will it, will it flip it? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But without it, the chances are it's not flipping. Bob Corker's Senate seat is very important to where the next two years of power lies in the Senate. It's not guaranteed to be that important, but the chances are that it will be. And without it flipping to uh, to, to the blue, it's not going to, uh, it's very likely not going to flip the Senate. And so if you don't want what you see now con- continuing, then you have to vote for Phil Bredesen. Put your ideological fantasies on hold just for right now. This whole idea, I remember reading this so often, it was infuriating at the time. Even if you, again, if you don't agree with political leanings where I'm coming from, you know this is true. Hillary is Trump. Trump is Hillary. They're the same. That's what the uh, that's what the Bernie bros would tell you. Uh, speaking of bros, sorry, bro, that ain't true. That's not even kind of true. There's just been two lifelong appointments to the Supreme Court, which I will argue with you all day long, is way more important than whatever whatever jackass is uh, is is residing in the White House in Washington D.C. Hillary isn't Trump, and Trump isn't Hillary. They're both pretty much disgusting on most levels, and this whole idea that let it burn, blow it up, they're all the same. Um, do you know anything about the Supreme Court? Do you understand how it works? Now, I'm not I'm not trying to say the sky is falling and because we have two conservative justices in the last year, that means we're all of a sudden screwed and our rights are going away. I'm not being that guy. I'm just trying to say, do you understand what the Supreme Court is? Do you, do you know how that works? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a couple of years ago you might not have because if you did, you would have never said that Hillary and Trump are the same because they're not. Don't try to make politics in America and the machine that is the most powerful country in the world, the free world that can do anything they want, however they want to do it. Don't try to get simplistic on it. Don't try to just be like, oh yeah, well, it's all the same. Actually, it's not. So if you vote for anybody and you're wanting a blue wave, if the blue wave types out there, that's what that's what you're your aspirations are for the next three, you know, a little over three weeks from now. Any vote other than Phil Bredesen is a vote for Marsha Blackburn, who is drunk off her ass on the MAGA type Trump machine. The shit show cocktail that is the Trump presidency, Marsha Blackburn is guzzling that dosage and bombed out of her head on it. She loves it. She's she, she's getting off on it more and more every single day. If you don't want an MAGA type in the Senate representing 
the state of Tennessee and the United States Senate, any vote other than Phil Bredesen will be a vote for Marsha Blackburn. That is the truth. If your ideological fantasies can't get out of the way of your voting, go right ahead. I'm not going to completely blame you or that type. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not. But I am just going to say I think you're a little delusional, and maybe there's a little difference because of the ages. I'm 40 years old in a year and a half. I'm not exactly concerned about blowing it up, right? I'm not exactly concerned about a revolution at this point. I would just like some of my ideological leanings to be reality as I coast towards what will be retirement, hopefully, in the next 25 years or so. I'm way, I'm well, I won't say way, I'm closer to retirement than I am high school. And that changes the way uh, one looks at things at times. But once again, a vote for anybody other than Phil Bredesen is a vote for Marsha Blackburn for the United States Senate from the state of Tennessee. And no, Trump ain't Hillary and Hillary ain't Trump. They're not the same thing at all. My hope is that we can ideologically fantasize over the next four to eight to 10 years and not over the next three to four weeks. Hopefully others agree with me on that. That's all I got for the political nature of the show. Coming up next, I saw a couple kids get, well, dudes anyway, I don't know how young or old they were, get kicked out of the Tennessee Titans game over the weekend. And I'll tell you how that went down and about a time that I almost got kicked out from a Braves game, but it ended up working out differently than you might expect. I'll get to that coming up next. sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. South Park sucks. What'd you say? You heard me, asshole. You want me to kick your ass right here? Randy, sit down. You want a piece of me? Because I'm pretty sick of your goddamn mouth. What do you want to do, huh? What do you want to do? Randy, don't. You better shut up, asshole. I'm standing right here. How do you want to handle it? I told you to shut up. Ah, oh. oh, Jesus, not again. For what? Wrestling me for what? I'm not allowed to stand up for myself? I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry, I thought this was America. I can always count on South Park for good material. Done it twice today, three times as a matter of fact. I'm a lover, lover, lover. I don't want to fight. Welcome back into the show. That was from an episode where Randy goes and gets drunk at every one of the kids' um, baseball games it is and gets in a fight with somebody every time. And uh, it's pretty good stuff. And why does that always happen at ball games? It's funny because it's true. I'm a lover, lover, lover. 
so I'll make this one short and sweet. It was at the Titans game, as I've already talked about earlier, and it was early on. It was spitting a bunch of rain. At any minute, you just felt like it's about we're about to get just hammered by rain. And um, and I looked down to my left, down to um, about 15 rows in front of us, and I've got me and my friend Eric, we got really good uh, season tickets right in the corner, about 26 rows up. And uh, it's just a great spot. You can get beers easy. You can get in and out of the stadium easy. You can get to the bathroom really easy. You can get to the uh, to the end zone. That's a uh, kind of a pavilion area. It's just good access points. And I'm looking down, and I'm seeing these guys. And in front of them, their Titans gear on. And in front of them, are they're playing the Baltimore Ravens. I see a bunch of purple. So there's a whole row of purple in front of them. And then at one point, I see the guy uh, in the Titans gear stand up. And I could tell, already tell the other ones were a little excited and a little mouthy, which you get that at ball games. And he does the double bird, and it's even the most trashy double bird, right? It's the one where you have your thumbs out. So not only you're flipping off with both hands, you got the thumbs out. I don't know why to me that just kind of screams red ass. And I can hear him because I'm close enough. There's some f bombs being thrown. I don't know what he's saying exactly. F this, I I I don't know, but. A few minutes later, police, not security, police come down and grab him. And, uh, I mean, first of all, do the little back and forth. Hey, I didn't do anything. Hey, I no, 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 I didn't do anything. These are cops, dude. You go with them no matter whether you think you did anything or not. So that's not too big of a scene. And this is early in the game. This is in the first quarter of the game. And so they walk him off. And you can, I, you know, as he's walking by, I hate to be judgmental, but he seems like one of uh, Jesse Pinkman's crackheaded friends or methed out friends from uh, the show Breaking Bad. Now he's got his Titans gear on, but other than that, he doesn't look uh, all that put together. So that's a little like, okay, I'm not sure that that was fair. I have a feeling, and I was talking to people around us, we all kind of agreed. I was like, I'm not sure that that should have happened yet. I bet by the third quarter that was going to happen. Not sure that it warranted it just yet. So, anyway, no big deal. Then, I don't know, less than 10 minutes, maybe even only like five minutes. I don't know. It wasn't long. These weren't cops, but this was a whole crew of security officers come down the aisle and get the other guy with his Titans gear on and escort him out as well. And that guy totally looked at like he was in a meth gang from the show Breaking Bad. Again, not trying to be too judgmental here. Now, I'm keeping my eye on these punk, scummy kid, assholes, Baltimore fans, because I do feel like they got one up on these guys. I think these dudes had no self-control, the Titans guys. Couldn't stop from dropping F-bombs and flipping birds like scumbags in the state of Tennessee do. And these kids got the best of them. And so I just continue to keep my eye on it since the football game was so crappy. A little bit later on, I'm in the restroom and I end up, I'm at the urinal, and all of a sudden, loudmouth all around me. And to my left is one of these guys, and to my right are two of these guys. And they are yelling over me. I'm in the middle. They're drunk idiots. They're, and it's like, oh, man, can you believe that? That guy got, we got, can't believe they kicked him out, man. And the guy to my left goes, man, I'm 26, and I ain't never been popped. I assume that means he causes so much ruckus and trouble that he that he's so good at it that he still never gets 
arrested or punched in the face. I'm not really sure. Again, I'm sitting there like, whoa, if I anything I could do to get my phone out and hit record audio on this, it would be great for this show because these kids deserve to have their asses kicked. Now, I don't want to fight. I'm a lover, lover, lover. I don't fight people, but these kids deserve to have their asses kicked. So we go back to the seats, or I mean, I don't follow them or anything. I, I end up back down there. I tell all the crew I'm with, I'm like, you wouldn't believe the nonsense I just heard from these idiots in the urinals. And um, so I'm looking at the seats down there, and there's still nobody in it. And I see one of them, like, motioning to one of their friends from across the way, maybe like five, six, seven, eight sections over. And they're kind of like, hey, we got seats here. There's another guy behind me who's a season ticket holder I've met, I recognized, and we talked a little bit. And he kept, he was like, I don't think so, dude. And so we were like, if we see any purple in those seats, if they just ran those Tennessee guys off, we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go get security, and we're gonna make this, a, we're gonna make a big deal out of this. Passive aggressively, mind you, they're not gonna know who did it. They're just gonna, they're just gonna get called out, and they're not gonna have tickets. I cannot wait. I told everybody in my seat, I can't wait. I can't wait until somebody sits in those seats because I got nothing to watch on this field. All I have is is this to keep my eye on well the problem is is it keeps raining and raining and raining and the titans keep getting their asses kicked and kicked and kicked and by the time the third quarter rolls around almost every seat in our section is empty and there's people sitting in their seats all over the place that that's not their seats and the purple ravens fans have taken over most of the seats and the point you know the overall point i was trying to make would have been completely lost, and I would have turned into just the biggest petty dick ever, and I let it die, finished my $24 gin and tonic, and went home, or at least went to my brother's, and uh, ate and drank until I passed out and had an awful Monday. So there's that story. Not the best I've ever told, I I know, but that was uh, the most entertaining part of that afternoon. So it got me thinking, first of all, creating, you know, a nuisance and just being a dick at, at, at... Concerts and sporting events to me is beginning to to be harder to understand. Even though I know I've been on the uh, bad end, the being a dick, creating a nuisance, uh, end many times in my life. A real quick story here, and we'll get out of here as I wind down the weekly dose for October seventeenth, twenty eighteen. I think it was around two thousand five. Could have been two thousand six. Me and a handful of friends, my brother and a bunch of his friends, a couple of mine had a full row, maybe not a full row, but at least I'd say about eight of us, out in the outfield, on the aisle, at Turner Field to see the Braves. I think it was the Cardinals. I think it was the Braves and the Cardinals. And I'm all the way on the other end because I'm always the aisle guy, especially if I buy the tickets. I'm sitting on the aisle. We were obnoxious assholes. And I, as I told you or with the guy in the, in the urinal saying, I'm 26 and I've never done this. I bet I was about 26 then, and the rest of the row was mostly 23 and 24. So we were just awful to be around especially when there's a whole row of us and in front of us and I bet a lot of this was completely inappropriate I don't know because I wasn't I wasn't in earshot enough to get all of it um there was a row in front of us and there were a couple of lesbians probably plenty of straight people on that row as well I just remember the two that were closest to me in front of my brother and I'm sure my asshole friends juvenile immature punks were making plenty of rude and crude comments and I was just having fun at the ball game. I'm not trying to act like I didn't do anything and everybody else did something wrong, but I honestly couldn't hear. I didn't know. But we're troublemakers in general, so I'm sure it was stupid. And eventually we get the security down because they they 
complain to security that we're being unruly and loud. And they come down, and they, uh, I can't remember how many warnings we had. We might have had two. It might have been to the point where we had two. Like, it's one more, and you're out of here. And after the second, or whether it was the first, whichever one it was, happened. Again, I don't want sparked all this. But after that happened, somebody said in our row, again, this isn't cool, and I'm not I'm not boasting about it or thinking, telling you that it's funny and I think it's awesome. I'm just telling you this is what happened, that somebody said, uh, thanks a lot, mister, or something like that to the lesbians in front of us. Well, they've had enough of, of these idiots behind us, all of us, and she turned around and grabbed the beer out of my brother's hand and threw it in his face. <laughs> And the security guards that just left telling us to cool it hadn't barely turned their back yet and saw her grab the beer and slam it in his, basically his lap, not quite his face, but it's a full beer and it goes everywhere and it's a big scene. And the security guy guys turn around, come right back down and escort all of them out of the, out of the stadium. And so us being the antagonist, for most of the evening or the afternoon, I should say, because it was a Sunday game, you know, at the time, like, oh, yeah, we'll show them. I'm equating this back to the idiots from the game the other day. I'll get to that more in just a second. We felt like, well, we showed you. No, what we did was went and ruined somebody's afternoon that they paid a bunch of money for and were actually kind of a little borderline offensive in nature in doing it as well. And in the end, they get escorted from a, an event that they have spent their money on and their time to do. It always goes to show, just like if you're playing the game itself, sometimes it's not the penalty that's created it is or that is committed. It is the reaction, and it depends on who sees what as to who gets the blame for it. And I believe in both situations, the one I just saw on Sunday, those idiot kids were antagonizing the other equally idiot Titans fans behind them, but just they, they outweighed them in numbers by, you know, almost two to one. And the self controlless losers that look like they came from a Breaking Bad episode could not keep their cool and got kicked out because they were antagonized by somebody else. And that was a case with us in Atlanta back in 05 or 06, where a row full of people were annoying another row full of people and in the end they couldn't hold their cool together because understandably they were be their day was being ruined by a bunch of immature punks they turned around grabbed a beer slammed it in my brother's face and then they got kicked out for years we all kind of looked at that as like a trophy like oh that uh, let me tell you about that time let me tell you about that time that i got them you know what's kicked out I don't look at it that way. I look at it as an unfortunate incident that I am uh, borderline ashamed to have been involved in. But I I can tell you, and I can promisely tell you, that I was not in any kind of way going out of my way to irritate people. Uh, other people in my row were. Now, I irritate people all day, every day on accident. I don't, I don't try to do it on purpose. And this afternoon, I wasn't trying to do it on purpose either. But it was... It was an unfortunate situation for people, and I feel bad about it now. But I don't feel so bad because I did not, uh, I did not lead that uh, that charge of, of of trying to have a battle with somebody at the stadium. I'd like to think I've I don't ever truly want to do that, but yeah, you never know when you're annoying somebody. 
These days, all I want is it to be cool and chill. It's all I ever want. I want coolness. I want chillness. And I just want to enjoy myself. And I want you to enjoy yourself. And uh, that clearly wasn't happening back in Atlanta at that game we were at. And it clearly wasn't happening for the couple of rows of uh, Titans and Ravens fans this past weekend. At Stone on Air and all social media, I haven't said it in a while, white lies matter, black lies matter, all lies, as in lying matters. The space is big. I appreciate you watching it, and uh, that's all I got. Y'all take care. We'll do it again next week. Check that date just so we can get it uh, down and you can put it on your calendars. The 24th of October, that'll be one week outside of Halloween as 2018 has jumped up and virtually ran off without me. Talk to you on Alt 98.7, Monday through Friday on the radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, anywhere else for that matter. Get rid of this evidence. Call it a night, a day, an evening, a morning, whenever it is you're listening. Y'all take care. See you. Bye.